0: Hey ladies, I'm Kendra, I'm Nama, and I'm Adalise. and we are Three Dope Wives. Wives. With over 20 years of collective experience, we're here to give you an inside look at what marriage is really like. Honey, we are airing out all the dirty laundry, spilling all the tea, yeah. and telling all the business. Are you looking for something really real? Then honey, pull up a chair and grab your favorite cup of something hot as we dish on All Things Marriage. Well, friends, welcome, welcome, welcome to another installment of Three Dope Wives, the podcast that gives you the real insight into the real married life. I am your girl, Kendra, and we have... Adelie and my- in the house today. Ladies, we have some rich show for you on today. We are going to be talking about blended Families, And we have a lovely guest in the studio with us today. Um, her name is Kimberly Evans. She is the president and CEO of Purpose Consulting, which is a five rings financial agency. Let me tell you a little bit about this dynamic woman. She specializes in safe money strategies. Come on now, get that money right. Um, She focuses really on educating her clients on how to save money for retirement so they have income for life. Now, who don't want income for life? life? I'm just, if you want it, you might as well have it till the end. Long (laughs) money. Long, long money. Um, And this really helps, right? It helps to protect families uh, with living benefits, life insurance, um, and, you know, We have this woman in the house, and not only is she that, she is a wife, she is a mother, and she is also a part of a blended family. Um, Kimberly, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We would, uh, we're so honored that you agreed to join us today. Um, and as you know, many families today are blended, right? This isn't something new, especially when we think about divorce rates being fifty percent, right? And that's that's whether you are in or outside of the church, right? So so divorce rates being what they are, um, as much as many of us would like to be a first wife or an only wife, hopefully you're an only wife, but a first wife, the last wife is what I was wanting to say. Right. So as much as <laughs> you want to be the last wife, we hope that you would be a last wife, but in case you are a second wife um this is the podcast for you. Um or if you're maybe not a second wife um and you are um not a first uh, the first m- woman to give your husband a child. Um that can also cause you to be a part of a blended family. So so Kimberly, we know that that you have a story of your own as far as being a blended family. Would you tell us a little bit about your family dynamic?
1: Absolutely. So I got married, um, been about 11 years ago now. And when I married my husband, he had a five-year-old, an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old. And the ironic thing about that is my daughter was already 18 in college. So not only are we a blended family, I went backward from having a full functional adult child to having to raise smaller. And so we're a blended family. We're both um, married and divorced. So we have the exes as well. And then Mm. we've got the four kids between the the two of us. We have four kids.
0: Wow! So you guys have exes on both sides. Uh huh. Mmm. Child. Okay. So look, I'm going
2: right, to get right into the to the to the dirty. Then I guess because we we talking about exes, right? I mean, why not? Uh, because it's something that comes with it. It just comes with the with the territory, right? Um. So, what are some keys to setting healthy boundaries when it comes to exes? So I think the first thing is to analyze
1: what role they play in these relationships, what they deserve or don't deserve. One of the challenges, especially with an ex-spouse, is that they somehow or another feel entitled to the, be a part of your life for the rest of your life. And they tend to mix mm-hmm. up the fact that because you share kids, that means you share everything. And that's just mm-hmm. not the case. And so I think okay. the very first thing everybody has to do is set some boundaries, have some conversations, draw those lines of where the respect is going to start and stop. And the spouses have a lot to do with that, with the exes. The spouses that were once married to that person really, really need to make sure they have that conversation.
2: So Mm. when you say, so when you say kind of like, I heard like entitlement, right? Like a lot of exes will come with some entitlement issues. Does that even go into play with entitlement with like finances as far as either his finances or y'all's as like a family unit?
1: It can, especially if the ex-wife feels like, especially if he's remarried, the ex-wife feels like she should have something to do with all of that. And his life goes on. And I'm saying he, because obviously I'm a female and it's all about us. Right. But um, she feels like, you know, if his life is going well, she should somehow or another benefit from that. But the reality of it is, is his wife life is going well because of his new wife and what they're building together. But a lot of times they feel like, well, I was the first one. So I should have a part of that. And that's an unrealistic expectation of a financial situation and of the
2: new wife, because most of us are not having that. Mm. Do you do you think it holds true even if the if that if the ex wasn't necess- necessarily didn't have the title of a wife? So if it was a a, a fling or an ex girlfriend that got pregnant, and so or a baby mama, whatever title it was, but it wasn't a wife. Do you think the same holds true in that regard?
1: It can because the entitlement comes from I have a child with you, so you owe me or I have a child with you, so I deserve it. So it's really a maturity and a mindset of what drew that relationship. But I think it's really kind of how the person feels and where they think they should fit into the father's life. And a lot of women just feel like I was with you once. I should be with you forever and I should benefit from that. And mature women are like, okay, well, no, that's different. Um, But it just really depends. But, yeah, it can be both sides because a lot of baby mamas act the
2: same way. Mm. very true. Um, I like that you mentioned um, the maturity aspect of it, right? Um, So with that, is there any difference in establishing a good rapport and relationship with the ex, whether that's a wife or a baby mama or a fling, like whatever capacity she has, um, what are some, some ways that you could build a rapport with the ex? So I think it's two parts. Right.
1: The first part of it is that you have to be mature enough to sit down and have those conversations in the beginning and both parties be willing to it. This is like an argument. Right. You can't argue with somebody who's not going to argue back. You end up talking to yourself. The same would be true in these conversations. So if both parties can sit down, like both wives can say um, or the baby mom, the ex-wife, whomever's in, in part of this, if they can both say, OK, listen, this is where I stand. This is what I think. This is where I stand. This is what I think. Let's find some common ground so that we can raise these children then you can do that. If you have a situation where one party is not privy to doing that or not willing to do that, now you have a situation where it's that constant conflict and then you have to take a different route. So I think it's really all about just having that conversation up front of what this looks like for me now going forward.
3: Okay, so Kimberly, what are some things that women need to know before marrying a man who has children or a prior spouse?
1: So this is one of my favorite things to talk about because I talked to women sometimes that got married, but didn't ask enough questions oh, Lord. and then they get married uh-huh. and then they find out that there was some other stuff. Over didn't there sign up this. Didn't right, right. <laughs> over so like, Wait a minute. So the first thing is you really need to make sure you know who you're marrying and what comes with them. People like to use the word baggage, but I think that gives a negative connotation. It's not necessarily bad. It's just realistic. Right. Um, and I'll give you an example. My grandmother even said to me, she's like, I'm surprised you're dating a man with small children. And I thought, that makes two of us. What was I thinking? <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> you just started all over again. One of these children is five. Um, so I think it's really, really important, um, that you really, really think about what is all involved, how much is involved, and think through how that's going to play itself out. Because most of us get so caught up in the love part of it and the excitement of it. And I'm getting married. Oh, and it's all going to be happy, you know, unicorns and rainbows and all this other kind of nonsense. And then you get into the relationship, you're like, hold on. So I think it's really, really important. Ask all the questions. Ask the questions around how do you plan to raise your kids? How do you plan to be involved with your ex? All of those kind of conversations need to happen in the very beginning. And I will say this, a lot of it's going to depend on the man. If the man requires that everybody respects one another and requires that the ex-wife or the baby mama respect his wife, that will set the tone for the whole thing. So a lot of that conversation, a woman's part, you need to have that with him. Mm,
3: Very true. So true. So like, the man needs to set it up. Mhm. Yes, yes. And and that leads me to my next question because you know with everything in life you have to be open to walking away from situations, you know. So how would you advise, you know, our aspiring wife out there on when they should walk away from a potential blended family situation?
1: So this gets me back to the maturity conversation I was talking about a little bit ago. You have to know yourself well enough to know what your parameters are. What can you and can you or can you not deal with, right? Okay. So a lot of times, again, we get caught up in the hype of it all, and we all know it. it's just like it's the fairy tale thing. It's like I want to be Cinderella. It's going to be great. My life is going to be perfect. And then you get into it, and you're like, this is a nightmare. This is like Coala Deville happening right now, you know. But I think that um, it's the maturity. It's you really have to say, yes, I can deal with this, and I'm willing to deal with this. Or you have to say, you know what, this is not really good for me and be willing to walk away from that. If you didn't really want to be a stepmother, you probably should not marry somebody with kids. It's just and I don't care how much you think you can change and adjust to it. You really cannot. So that's part of it. Being mature enough to know what you're going to deal with. Then once you get into it, you need to be mature enough to understand where you may have to back down, where you may have to set some boundaries, what that conversation looks like, and also be open to the fact that it may not go the way you want it to. Like, and I'll give as an example, when me and my husband got married, you know, my original plan was that we would raise the kids together with the baby's mothers. We would all be one big happy family for the benefit of the kids. Once right. I realized that she was not going to operate in those parameters, that went out the wayside. So now we had to set different boundaries. So you have to be willing to understand you may have to shift. You may have to adjust a little bit. And you may have to decide how much drama you're willing to take or not take. Okay. And I think that
4: kind of goes back to to what you said earlier, right? These are things that we kind of have to have a conversation about prior to being
3: married. right? right, right,
4: right. And if you go into it, then it's like, I mean, we're, we're here to encourage people to stay married. Right. So we right. don't want to see you get married because you didn't have that conversation on the front end. And then you now you're here with baby mama drama and, and you're you're beefing with your spouse left and right about kids and then then there's a divide. Right. And so now you're seeing yourself walk away from it, from a marriage that you probably could have avoided half of these situations had you had that conversation before marriage.
0: So it's definitely,
4: definitely huge. Sorry, Kendra, go ahead.
0: No, no, no. It's cool. I was just going to ask, is there a piece of that where you may not know what you don't know? You get what I'm saying? Like, is there a possibility that you thought you had all of the conversations, right? And <laughs> you thought you asked the questions, but you just didn't know what you didn't know. And then you walk into this situation and now you're in this till death do us part commitment Um mm-hmm. And 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 you can feel stuck, trapped, or I would say duped or (laughs) hoodwinked.
1: Yeah, and I think that happens. Right. So part of the conversation in the beginning needs to be that we agree to communicate through things as they come up and change. So part of it is how are we going to communicate as a couple? You know, we're going to be husband and wife, because even if he has in his mind how he thinks it's going to work and he's got some boundaries set, things change. People change. You can only control your own behavior. So, part of what you have to do is say, okay, these are the things I'm thinking now. This is what you Mm. think. This is what I think. But should we change that or should something else come up, let's agree that we're going to talk about it and come up to an agreement together for what's best for our marriage. Because I think,
0: oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to add to that and just say, are there some fundamental things that you think you need to know about yourself, right? Because part of me wonders about the younger couples, right? Like you get married younger, you've not quite fully matured, right? You're still figuring some things about self out. And maybe he already had. A, a child before you got there or maybe you decided you were interested in dating older men and he's already had a whole you know uh wife and kids and now you're entering into this situation that's just completely different is there a do you think that there's a right time like a, a period of maturation that needs to happen before stepping into a blended family or at least um a bit of you know self-awareness to stave off from that not knowing what i don't know
1: So I think you said it perfectly. It's knowing that you don't know and knowing that you're younger and you may have to grow and mature. So you're going to change knowing that fact in and of itself Mm -hmm. will probably help a lot with what you deal with as things come up. So it's not necessarily just that personality trait, but understanding where you are in your life. And then a lot of it is going to be that you have to understand it's going to be hard. It's going to take Mm -hmm. some work. It doesn't have to be bad work and it doesn't have to be hostile work, but it's going to take a little bit more effort than it would be if you married somebody who had no kids and this was you guys' first relationship and it was all, you know, happy-go-lucky. Um, and then I just think sometimes we we just have the wrong expectations sometimes in relationships. Um, and part of that is the communication. My favorite conversation is people say, well, I thought you thought this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would you think that I thought that? And then they don't talk, right? And they don't have that conversation. It's like, no, I was never thinking that, (laughs) you know? So I think all of those things really, really make a big difference. But knowing who you are and where you are in your own life, like, let's be real. Somebody in their 20s compared to somebody in their 40s, completely different mindset. And you can't tell the 20-year-old anything, but she, if she's going to marry a man with a child or a couple of children or who's been previously married, she needs to understand I'm only in my 20s. I really don't know. Enough and have enough experience in my own life to be able to challenge everything
4: I'm done. I'm gonna totally piggyback off that. So in my experience, um, my husband came in with the child Um, my bonus baby is 11 right now 11 is what I think 11 she's 11 right now And um, I was in my 20s when we when we dated when we married when I met her um, so I became a bonus mama at 25 so I was young. Right. And but I also knew that um, I had those conversations up front and I had the conversation with him. I had the conversation with um, the co-parent. And so I, I had to set my mind up to be flexible for all the changes. Right. So I didn't know it all. I was definitely in uncharted waters. I didn't, I didn't know the first thing how to be a mom. Right. So it was it was a lot of learning from from him and from her mom and a lot of communication and and the maturity that de- part definitely came into play right like she was mature i was mature so we were both willing to to co-parent and work together for the best of the child right but um i will say that definitely in my 20s i had to be flexible because i don't know i don't know i don't know what i don't know right and so b- being a mom was
1: something i didn't i had no clue about <laughs>
4: Yep. So that is that is definitely huge. That
1: that point that you just made um, for sure. Well, and I and I think one of the things, too, women have to really, really pay attention to the relationship your new spouse has with the mother. Right. Mm-hmm. So if their, rela- <laughs> yeah, if their relationship is hostile, when you meet them and mm-hmm. you get ready to marry him, that relationship is probably going to remain hostile. If they had a up. And it's ugly, and they can't stand one another. All that's coming with him into his marriage, so you're yep. inheriting all of that. So no matter how much you, if they can't stand one another, that's something you need to be prepared to deal with because it's going to be constant conflict, forever. And mm. you know, in the situation where it works out and everybody's mature, and the benefit of the child is really what matters here. But egos, jealousy, entitlement, all of that, and if they've been fighting. Best belief, it's not getting ready to go away just because you got married. married so, it worse. Okay.
0: Yeah. so I'm not a, not a blended family, but I'm just wondering when you think about like that drama, right? I think that as women, we tend to feel like women create drama, right? But to your point, a lot of that has to do with the messiness, right? Or maybe I want to say the unresolved nature of how things had been left in, in that previous relationship that can come into it. So I almost feel like it's not always the the other woman that creates the drama, but it's the total situation. Is that a right assessment?
1: Nope, that's exactly right. Because I mean nice. again it gets back to the argument, right? You can't argue with somebody not gonna argue back, but you can't be part of drama unless you decide to be part of it. So any okay. of the three parties involved can cause some of that drama. It may even be that the two women get along and then the man, because he can't stand his ex, doesn't want you to like her either type Mm. of thing. You know, so there's a lot of dynamics there. Mm. And it's really, really important that people pay attention to that and understand what you're willing to deal with and not deal with. Like nobody wants Mm. to be around somebody that every time they're talking to their baby's mother or their ex-wife, they're arguing, cussing and caring on all the time. Who wants to look like that all the time? Or every single time there's some kind of exchange between them, you know it's going to be some mess. Mm -hmm. But you get to choose whether you participate in that. But it's very real. So if you notice that when you first start dating somebody, it's something you need to give some thought to. And it's not that he's a bad guy. It's just he may be wanting to live that way and you just may not want to.
0: I think that's so good. I just almost feel like it's huge. Yeah, I feel like. that's almost subjective, right? Because I would, and this is, like I said, I'm not a blended family. So this is me on the outside looking in. If I were advising a woman who was dating someone who either had prior spouse, prior children, what have you, and that was the dynamic, I would advise a girl run, right? <laughs> because, <laughs> right? I would just be like, honey, tuck tail and go. I just feel that, you know... It, it, Don't, don't deal with it or don't put up with it. Run. And I, I love that you said, you know, you have to decide, right? Because that really kind of puts the decision making in your own lap. Like, what kind of life do you want to live? You want to live a life full of drama. You want to be fighting with folks constantly. You want to be in custody battles, cussing, fussing and carrying on. So I really love that point. Noma, did you want to say something?
3: Yeah. So, um, I'm sure some of our listeners want to hear about the finance part of it because I mean, Blended family, there is, I mean, child support involved. So one of my questions would be, like, what are some tips for effectively managing finances for a blended family?
1: So here's the thing, and it gets back to me. You guys are going to hear this repeatedly, right? You've got to talk about this stuff. You have to have this conversation. One of the, the number one reason in this country for divorce is money. People think it's adultery. People think it's dr- money. No, it's money because okay. people can't talk about that. So here's the first thing I did. When I met my husband, I cannot be with a man who doesn't want to take care of his own kids, mm-hmm. regardless of the circumstances, Ooh, right? right there. So it's like, you <laughs> cannot... So when I met my husband, he had gone through his divorce and stuff, and they hadn't set up the child support yet, right? Because it hadn't been done, um, because they had still been kind of co-parenting. And when I met him, the very first thing I did was file the child support paperwork for oh, two wow. reasons. A, to make sure that they were getting the child support so it would never come back that now that he and I are together, we abandoned or neglected or didn't take care of his kids. That was a big, big deal, right? So women have to really think about, well, I don't want that going out of our household. Let me tell you, raising a child full time is far more expensive than paying child support. But he, as a father, just because he's not with that mother anymore, does not get to dismiss his responsibilities as a father. And no woman should want to be with a man who's okay with that. So if you really think about what that looks like, but then there's the boundary of, okay, after we're paying out child support, what additional do we want coming out of our budget to support the kids, right? Because now you have the conversation of, well, I'm sending money over there. Why am I constantly having to do this or that? But you really have to think about it. That's still your child, and everything you're doing is for the benefit of the child. So for us, like buying clothes for the kids outside of sending child support The exes can't do anything with that. I'm not hurting them or hurting me or doing that. And so I think that conversation is really critical. And then what you're willing to spend, because you still have goals as a married couple. Right. What are you guys trying to build? And then how does this fit into that? And you, again, have to talk about it. So if you want to make say the husband wants to make a major purchase, I want to buy my child a car. Right. As a wife, you're like, what part of that budget is it coming from? And that's a reasonable conversation. right? It may not be something you were thinking about doing with your finances, but you're one. So you guys have to have that conversation. And so it it can be a challenge, but it's doable. It's not like child support is the first thing. Make sure everybody's paying what they're supposed to be doing. The second thing is, what are we going to do above and beyond that? And what does that look like? And then anything major for the kids that's more than, you know, a couple hundred dollars or something like that. You really need to have that conversation. And the husband has to be willing to say, OK, well, I'm going to listen to my wife because he's going to be like, well, it's my child and I'm going to do what I want to do. And he's going to be like, no, you're not.
4: That's my next point. What you were what you were just going to say. So what if you have what if you're in a situation? So traditionally, right, we, we'd love to think that when you when you get married, you become one traditionally, biblically, like that's that's just what it is. But there are a lot of instances where you're you married, but things are still very much so separated. Finances, everything is still very separated. So what happens when you find yourself in a situation where your spouse brings in kids? And even if it's not a blended family, like this can kind of apply to anything. What happens when when your when your spouse is like i'm going to do what i'm going to do because it's my money or i earned this money or these are my kids and you're not going to tell me what i'm not and what i'm what i am going to spend on my children like what do you what kind of advice do you give to to a wife or an aspiring
1: wife that could find themselves in a situation like that so i'm going to make two points of that and i'm a big proponent of premarital counseling um just because a counselor is going to bring up the conversations you may not have thought about or the tough conversations. Money is one of them um, because a lot of people do feel that way, especially depending on how old they are. I've been working. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. So that's a really big deal. So you need to have it um, beforehand and kind of come up with those agreements. But we all know life changes, people change, things change. So even if you agree to it in the beginning, it may shift, right? So what you should do at that point in time is pick your battles. Pick your battles. One of the things I say to wives all the time is, Humbling yourself one to another means is what's going on right now really worth me losing my marriage over? Because sometimes it's a battle of being engaged, right, or a battle of being in control or a battle of it's all about me type of thing. Or sometimes as new wives, let's be real, we may feel like they're taking something away from us, but we really don't need it anyway. It's just that kind of like, but I'm the wife type of thing. So you really right. have to pick your battles. So, mm-hmm. for example, there may be something that's near and dear and you're just extremely passionate about. That's the one you fight over. There may be other little things like, does it really matter? Is it fatal? Do I really care? You might be annoyed. You may not like it, but you really have to ask yourself, is it worth the big fight?
0: When it comes to having those conversations, right, and it comes to making those decisions about what what's mine, right, when it comes to this blended family relationship, right? Because I, I think I really have I do have a selfish view because I'm not in a blended family, right? So I'm just like, anything you do, uh, that's all about me. (laughs) However, you know, when you, when you, when you enter children into the situation, right? That family becomes that even that much more dynamic. And so there are other concessions and considerations that have to be made. And and not only, you know, from a financial aspect, but from a child rearing aspect. Right. So in your case, you said your daughter was already in college. So you thought, "Whew, wash hands. I'm good. I did it. You know, pat on the back, go mom, right? Yeah. And then you meet Mr. Mr. Wright again, right? You, well, hello, sir. How you doing? Oh, three babies. Oh, five years old. Well. <laughs> so, so, so now we're back to rearing again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in your experience, you know, um, how do you, how did you set the, um, Set the bar, set the boundaries and and expectations for child rearing and then how, you know, what role does the ex play in in that dynamic as well? So this is
1: always a complicated conversation because it can be so emotional, right? Mm. So I am the type of woman that there's only one queen in my house. Mm-hmm. that's it for everybody in my house. It doesn't matter. I don't care what your opinion is. I don't care what you think about. That's just kind of the woman I am, right? And it's not mm-hmm. a disrespectful thing, but it's a respect thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way I might raise a child and the way the ex raised a child, and in my situation, it was completely different. Mm-hmm. She believes that children have opinions and feelings and she be able to express them and help make decisions. I believe I didn't ask you. I don't care what you're going to do. <laughs> you're going to do what I told you to do. Hello. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're talking complete opposites, mm-hmm. right? Not that I don't yeah. want you to be happy, but mm-hmm. you're a child, right? Mm-hmm. So that's different. And so she would like them make decisions at her house. Then mm-hmm. they would come to our house and they'd be like, well, at my house, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. So let's be clear. And so you have to communicate to a child at your mother's house. This is perfectly acceptable behavior for your mother. At our house, this is perfectly acceptable behavior here. Children are extremely resilient and extremely bright, but you have to do it. And you don't have to yell and scream and beat them that conversation the thing that really becomes a challenge is when people believe in spanking and not spanking do mm. you yell at them don't you yell at them you know that kind of thing i do think it's really really important in a blended family that the new wife talks to the husband and the husband and now in at case you know they can have the conversation together but if you cannot that conversation is really going to have to happen between the husband and the ex-wife and then how mm-hmm. things are going to be done in your house, because you have a boundary there and a respect there that it really is not your biological child. But mm-hmm. the rule I have in place, no matter whose child is at my house is you don't get to re- disrespect here. Mm-hmm. So, and, and my thing is like, if you have such a huge problem with that, they don't need to be here. Right. That's huge. That's huge. Isn't what? that
0: still, and I'm sorry, just a, just a quick follow up to the same question. Just, uh, you know, isn't that all a part of, um, carving into the child's character when you talk about that's acceptable at mom's house that is not acceptable here mm-hmm. um sort of thing and do you feel like is there is there any undermining you feel that happens when it comes to the child's development in having to make those shifts
1: oh absolutely cuz children are really really smart and so if they realize they can play the two against one another Mm -hmm. They will all day, you know, it'd be mommy said this at their house and then the dad feels bad or daddy said this at the house and the mom feels bad. And if they're Mm -hmm. not careful, they end up in this competition of being the favorite parent or the nicer parent and they lose focus of, no, this is about we have to raise this child. So, like, we have two young black males. Uh Right. So our approach is that we have to teach these boys how to become men and then Mm -hmm. how to survive in society. It's not a matter of what each one of us feels personally, what's best for this baby. And mm-hmm. so you have to be very, very careful. But you also have to call them on the carpet for it. Like our boys pulled that stunt. You know, I'm going to play one side against the other. And I was like, what are you doing? And so they had to have the parents had to have that conversation and set some boundaries and leave it at that. And all you can do is enforce what you can enforce at your home. Right. Because mm-hmm. you can't make the other household operate. And we learned that just like it did not matter what we said and how many conversations we had. So it didn't have to be confrontational. It just had to be explained. So we explained it to the boys. We explained it to them as to why it was, how it was going to be, et cetera. And they, they accepted it. They got it. They understood. Now, we didn't yell and tell them that they don't have an opinion and we don't care. We explained to them the reasons why. This is why I'm raising you this way. This is why we think this is important. All of those conversations with kids is just as important as it is with adults. Hmm.
4: Yeah, huge. That's so, that's so important, Kim. Like, cause like you said, like in my situation, I have, we have an open communication. And so, um, even though there's very many differences in both households, um, we're able to communicate. And so let's just say, you know, there's something that needs discipline of some some shape or form. We're communicating via text message or, or, or a conversation where all three of us are involved. All three adults are involved. And so it's not it doesn't come as if like so when I have a conversation with bonus baby, whether it be discipline or or anything, she can't go back to mom. And mom not know about it because mom already knows because I have communicated, hey, this is a situation that came up. This is how I'm about to handle it, which we find it's healthy. Not every situation is like that. Right. But if
1: you want to go the healthier route, it is it is definitely helpful in that way. So that's awesome. And I think, again, it really depends on how the dad deals with it. I mean, dad has a lot to play in this role, because if dad is just like, well, I don't want to get in the middle of that or if dad is like, well, just let them do whatever. Now you find yourself changing who you are in your own house. And mm-hmm. I don't know too many of us that that are willing to do that. We just, listen, we don't run much in the world, but our home is one of them. So that's the one thing. Right. I want to be like, yeah, I'm not willing to compromise on that space. But it works out. The kids adjust. The kids adjust really, really well. And as our kids got older, then what started happening is, and like their dad's probably more of a disciplinarian than I am in a lot of ways. So as they got older, they would say, I don't want to go over there. Right. Huh. <laughs> Dad's going to make me take out the trash. Dad's going to make me help with the yard work. Dad's going to, yeah, because he's a dad and he's trying to teach you how to be a man. And they'd be like, a man. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. I have to share the story because it tickled the heck out of me. Our youngest son was talking to my husband one day and my husband asked him something and he goes, do we have to talk about this right now? My husband faded to black immediately. (laughs) (laughs) boy who do you think you're oh my god it was the right funniest thing. I, I thought i was gonna have to save his life i really uh-huh. and it was the funniest thing because my husband's just not that kind of man regardless of who he's talking to it's a respecting right. him but it was the and our youngest went back and said let me tell you what dad said and dad uh-huh. was like yep I said it, and I'll
0: say it again. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> it, it was awesome. one of those kids say the darndest things moments, right? Yeah. It's um, yeah. taught you to ask me. Yeah, about you just be being looking like, <laughs> I ask you, you know, right? And that's like, how a I went right? here. Who do you think
1: you're talking to? Kind of thing. Exactly. It was hysterical. Exactly. I was like, and our, my, my daughter, our oldest one, she was like, um, Mom, you might need to go save him. That's how she would look at <laughs> you <she'd> like, Mom. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was doing something completely different, and she was like, "Mom, you might need to." <laughs> I was that like, is so funny. Right, but I mean, but the, the boy's mothers would never do that, right? She would never do that in that way. She allows them to speak that way, so that's where they get it from. And mm-hmm. so my husband had to remember that that's where they get it from. However, right. that's still not going to work with me.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. So Kimberly, what I'm understanding is you have your own way of disciplining them and then the mother has their own way of disciplining them as well. So two separate ways of disciplining them. So I'm curious to know, like, do you just communicate all the way or is there some form of, what else do you do apart from just the talking? Because, I mean, I know sometimes it's just difficult to just talk, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) just talk through everything. Because sometimes... You might be saying something they might not be understanding or you or they might be saying something you might not be understanding. So what else like what other form of discipline do you do? And do you also think that it is fair for like the spouses to be able to discipline each other's kids?
1: Yeah. So, again, I think it gets back to what boundaries you set from the very beginning. Right. So I think that. If both of them believe in spanking children or tapping children on their butts, then that's fine. If one does or one doesn't, that's a conversation that needs to be had. And the challenge becomes you may still have that conversation and still disagree. Mm-hmm. Now you have to figure out, okay, since we disagree, how do we want to move forward and what right. does that look like? And sometimes it may very well be that, but let me say this. Sometimes it may very well be that it's different for mom and dad, but I don't know that that would be much different even if the kids were raised by both parents. So if they would never gotten divorced and never got married, you hear that even in families that are not blended with children. Dad is one way. Mom is another way. And so, you know, mom is a pushover or dad's a pushover or whatever. You hear that even in non-blended families. So it happens in blended families as well, and you've got to figure out what that looks like. And sometimes you do disagree, and then dad's going to do what he's going to do, and mom's going to do what she's going to do, and the kids adjust. They're good. So I don't think it's as harmful to children as people make it out to be. Children are smart. They are truly smart.
0: When, to I'm us. gonna ask one thing about this discipline really fast. Uh, so, does the does the bonus parent get an opportunity to have a say in the discipline? Because you talked a lot about mom and dad, right? But where does the third parent or the fourth parent, depending on if they're both remarried, get to come in on that discipline? Do you think that's something strictly between the biological parents, or? I want to say initial parents, if, they're, you know, if they've adopted children, what have you, um, is that something that, that, that the new spouses can get involved with?
1: So I think they have to be involved with it because the new spouse doesn't get to pick and choose how much of a parent they get to be. And right. I think that's what people make the mistake, right? People are like, well, you didn't have that child. Granted, I didn't, but I'm raising and supporting that child. So I'm very much the bonus mother, maybe. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I have to have a part of that conversation because I'm part of all those decisions. And so mm-hmm. I time, you can't pick and choose to be a halftime parent. I mean, that would be mm-hmm. great. Parents would love to put their kids in the closet, play with them when they feel like it, and pull them back out <laughs> and that kind of thing. Right. But that's just not how life works. So you have to be part of the conversation. And, again, how involved, like, at situation is the ideal situation. It really should be let's all talk about it, let's come up with a decision, let's all support the decision. That's really the ideal world, and that should be where maturity and what's in the best interest of the child, all of those things play in. That's not always going to be the case, but it does not mean wife does not have an input. Like, I, I share with my husband on a continual basis what I think, what I feel. We come to a conclusion, and then we deal with it going forward. But, yeah, they have to be because there's just no way you can help raise a child. Otherwise, you're just not going to be involved in the child's life because mm-hmm. that would mean that one of the other parents has to be with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week.
4: And that also plays into the respect that the child will eventually show you. Like if you're not, if you can, if you can't discipline and I'm not talking about whoopings or anything like that, but if you can't have a conversation and saying, you know what, X, Y, and Z, I thought this, this is what you did wrong. And this is what your punishment going to be, whether that's, you're going to give me your phone for three days or whatever, something right. Where it's like, okay, I can't walk over, you know, my dad's new wife or I can't walk over my My stepmom or my bonus mom, like there is a a, a line of respect and that relationship that you build with that child. And granted, like it might suck, the punishment might suck at that time, but they end up like they, they find a love for you because they're like, you know what? You're loving me, disciplining me as if, as if I was your own child. You're not letting me get away with murder. So at least that's how it is for, for my baby. Like it sucks. She walks around with a pout if we're disciplining her, but. At the end of the day, she's like, you know, I, I I appreciate
1: that because you're treating me as if I'm your own. Right. Yep. Yeah. And I think it makes a huge difference because it gets again back to, we. if you guys remember when we were all growing up, you said yes, ma'am, and no, sir, to grown people.
3: Didn't matter. Amen. Right. Didn't not matter. Nowadays, Completely girl. irrelevant. So,
1: Listen.
0: Wait, except, is for, so, except for those of us raised in the North. I'm... You
1: didn't say yes, ma'am, and no,
0: sir? We did not. We just, we just didn't had, to say, we just had yes. to say yes. And no, right. you could not say yeah. And then, yeah, right. you know, you had to say uh, Mr. or Miss yeah. first name. Like you don't get. Yeah. to. I'm
4: with. Sandra. Yeah. I so didn't have to, to say be... yes,
1: ma'am. No, ma'am, either. <laughs>
4: our, <laughs> yeah, but
1: tone. our tone, our tone was like your yes still better sound the right way. Right. Right. Like, mm,
4: listen, yeah, and, and yeah, even yeah. with the question, you better not say like what? Like what? You better say ma'am.
1: Like, mm-hmm. please repeat your question.
2: Exactly. Because mm-hmm. exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, I had one of my say kids what? say what to me, and I was like, what? Come again? I'm right. Like yes. <laughs> yeah. I try not to be that typical, you know, I'm going to come with it black woman type of thing. But sometimes it just comes out naturally, and stuff like that will make me be like, did you, did, who are you watching? Did, listen, right. but let me tell you, my, my bonus daughter, she, one time, I told her to do something, she didn't do it. And I asked her, so why didn't you do it? She said, because I didn't want to.
0: Wow. Like,
1: Excuse me?
0: Where did they do that <laughs> <at?" laughs> Wow. Well, I, <laughs> I didn't want to. I <laughs> where did Where did you get options from?
1: <laughs> I mean, it stunned me for a second, right? Because I've never had a child tell me that. And my daughter was around when the conversation happened. And my daughter was like, she was like, oh, gave it a side right. eye. Like, right. Right. She did not just say know. that. Did she, did she dump the cover like, oh, Lord, Girl, this is about to go daughter, down? I'm like, this is not getting ready to go well. She's Oh. <laughs> and I looked at her I said, let me tell you something. I said, that is not how things get done here. But I had to catch myself from minute. I had to like take a deep breath first because I was like, did she just. But then I said, you know, <laughs> listen, in my house. The children do what they're told to do. It's not an option. It's not a question. And I didn't ask you for your opinion. When I tell you to do something, you're going to do it. You
4: do it. And she you did those typical
1: roll in her eyes, copping attitude. When her dad came home, I said, This is what happened. This is what I said. And this is what we're going to do. And he was just like, Okay. So he wouldn't talk to her. And she was like, Well, KK, because they call me KK, because they cannot call me Kimberly. They call me KK. And she was like, Well, KK said this and this and this. And my husband was like, And? This is her house. She's a grown woman. You're a child. You do what she tells you to do. I never had that problem again. Never. Yeah. But girl, <laughs> I was like, wait up. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you almost had an out of body experience.
0: I was
1: went to another planet. I was just like, wait a minute. And my daughter's 29 now, so even at 29, she's never talked to me like that. So I was just like. Oh, Lord what's happening but you know but it's that kind of stuff but I could have lost it but I had a choice and could decide how to deal with it and that's what I did I addressed it in a way to teach her why that's not okay even though she talks to her own mother like that and she used to say well my mom says I have an attitude well yeah there's a good reason for that but her mother tolerated that so I took it as a teaching opportunity a so she would understand I'm not happy with that so I didn't hide my anger but I didn't yell scream and cuss her out but she learned and she got the message and you have to be willing to take that kind of time with every child. And what does that look like? Cause our three, all three have different personalities. So that's the other challenge for me is they are all three. They're all three my husband's kids though. I call them the mini binnies, but you know, you can make it fun and, and be part of what turns them into the young men and women they become. So that's part of the, the reward of it all.
4: Kimberly, I want to shift gears really quick. So when you come from an ex, Perspective of anything, whether you're a wife or whatever role you play as an ex, as a new wife, how do you handle when that family doesn't break up with the ex?
1: Mm. Right? So, <laughs> like,
4: there's pictures still on the walls or there's still communication. Mm. Like, how do you handle that?
1: Now, so I think the pictures on the walls a bit much. <laughs> that, that might be, everybody <laughs> wants to look at the ex wife, right? Pictures of the kids, okay, but the ex wife, not so much. And it's a challenge. And again, it gets back to what's in the best interest of this child. Right. So the kids should have access to their old grandparents. Right. Kids should have access to all the things that they would have benefited from if the parents had stayed together without it being controversy all the time. It is a challenge, but I think it goes back to you also need to make sure that you set expectations for that ex-family. So like the ex-family can't just pop up at the house like they probably would at their daughter's house because your grandbaby's there. Have enough respect to call and see if it's okay to come by. You know, if you're going to have a party, as long as everybody's going to act like they have, have some sense, everybody can get together for the party because it's about the child. So I think in that case, everything needs to stop and say, okay, why are we doing this? Is it for the best interest of the child? And can we do it without drama or harm? And if the answer is yes, let them be involved. If it's constant chaos, then you have to divide it up where when they're with their mother, they do her side of the family and vice versa. But I don't think it has to be necessarily a bad thing or a controversial thing. The picture is a no. Um, but the um, Yeah, the picture is not so much, but the, the involvement, um, because, again, the kids didn't divorce anybody. The kids didn't leave anybody. So the kids should have the benefit of all
0: of those things the pictures. So I, I just wanted to raise this because I have a friend who actually this happened and I want to know, um, cause you talk a lot about maturity and that, but you said the pictures are a no. So I just want to touch on this is that, is there a point when, when you as the new spouse need to just kind of suck it up and get over it? So to speak, let's say that his mom loved the first wife and you know what, these are pictures from when they were, doing their holiday photos that people send out right and so they she, they still got them in the footed pajamas you know on her mantle and every time you come in you see them looking like a cute little family unit but you like me and my child is nowhere in this picture and and right. that, that that's a rub right but you know is there some understanding that you have to give that extended family to carry love for that ex and and not take that personally I think you do, especially
1: when you're going to somebody else's house, right? So in your own home, you can control that. But like if you go to your husband's mother's house and she still has pictures of when the babies and it's her favorite picture, Mm -hmm. just as much as we want to be respected in our homes, we need to Mm -hmm. respect them in theirs. You may not like it and it ain't uncomfortable, but is it really that serious? It's her home. She loves that picture. Do you really care? Now, if it's a situation where she's hostile to you all the time and all that kind of stuff, then just don't go over there. But to fight over or get worked up over something that's happening in somebody else is really, again, a waste of time and energy. And are you getting ready to get divorced over it? Is it really going to break up your marriage over the fact that, you know, your husband's mother still has her favorite picture from Christmas on the wall? Probably not. So Yeah, yeah you have to do you have to make some concessions there and really ask yourself, does it really that matter? Now, if she asked you to put the picture on her your own wall
0: that might be a different conversation girlfriend what if it's just the him and the him and boo you know ex boo i say him and the ex right and maybe it's their wedding photo or maybe it's you know what i'm saying um a a, a picture of just the two of them that kind of looks like they're still the item and you're the new wife is that does that change it no it's does
1: it's hard, though. I mean, because in your mind, you can't help but feel like she, we're using the mother, for example, right? She really feels like they should still be together. And she mm. may very well feel that way. He may not, but she may not. And again, yeah, it's going to rub you wrong. You're not going to like it. Try not to look at it, try not to deal with it. But just in as much, again, back to you want people to respect you in your home, you have to be willing to respect people in their other home or don't go over there. So I, so, about- yeah, I can see it being bothersome, but it's just not worth the fight.
4: So what about if you were to raise the situation to your husband? So if it's his mom's house, right? So let's just say it's it's a place where it's not going over. There's not an option. Like he's going to want you to be at his mother's house for holidays, whatever. And it's something that you walk into. And every time you walk in, you're like, what the hell? Like, I don't want to see this picture. Like, you know what I mean? Is it a conversation worth having with your husband? Like, you know what? Do, you know, this is how these pictures make me feel, and this is how I feel when I come to mom to your mom's house, and just kind of make him aware of it, and maybe even potentially that's a conversation where he can have with his mom, because at the end of the day, like their relationship is going to be different from the relationship you have with his mom, right? So mm-hmm. he'll, I'm, um, and I can say this with with hopes that the husband will find a way to frame it up in a way that it's not disrespectful to mom, right? So whether that be, hey, mom, like, you know, this picture is old. I know it's one of your favorites. I'm not saying throw it away, but maybe not put it to where everyone can see. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that is, a, in my opinion, I think that's a conversation is worth having. If it's something that's, like, really burning up inside every time you go to your mother-in-law's house, you, like, this is some BS. Right. Like, right. So um, that I, I was just wanted to kind of give my two cents on on that as a as a piece of advice. If it is something that is like dire hard, like burning
1: up inside. And, and I completely agree because you have to have that conversation with him. A. If for no other reason. So he knows that every time you go over there, why you have an attitude when you're there. <laughs> so he right. understands. Right. But I do think it's a conversation he can have with his mother. You know, you're going to have some moms that are going to be like, okay, well, I get it, and I'll do my best to try to respect your new wife type of thing. There's going to be other mothers that are like, I don't care whether she likes it or not. I don't like her anyway. And, you know, <laughs> and, you know, because and, and, you have both, right? I mean, we, let's right. be real. So, you know, he's got to be willing to deal with that. But I definitely think you have to tell him how you feel. Because right. otherwise, what happens is you're having an attitude every time you go to his mother's house, and he's thinking something's wrong with you, right? right. And he never really knows why because you never told him. Um, and most of us are going to notice the very first time. I mean, the very first time mm. we go over there, we meet mom and the picture's up there. That's a first. And it's probably going to be the one thing we remember in the entire house. Like, we mm. don't remember nothing else in the house, but I don't remember that picture. Mm. You know, yes. why she got her <laughs> up there. And I don't know why, you know, because we're human, right? That's how right. we feel. What we have to also, though, think about is that even though we're feeling like that, nobody else may agree or care. Sure. That's true.
0: Right? That's some harsh truth for you, right? And can, I wonder true. if that can create additional, like uh drama so let's say you have that conversation with your husband and then he raises it to his mother and he and mama's like listen it's my house i'm gonna do what i want to do in my house so she's just gonna have to get over it and mm-hmm. you know some I, I, you know i don't know yet i have a i have a long way before i am anybody's you know uh uh have to deal with any uh Children's girlfriend, boyfriend, wife, what have you. But I imagine myself being that mother that's just like, oh, well, I mean, hey, whatever is up in here is up in here. And then talking, and then talking to her, like, let me just pull you to the side, ma'am. Let me just come talk, to come, come on over here and have a conversation. I just need you to understand, I'm gonna need you to come up in here and have all kind of teeth, smiles, and grins up in here and, and fix your face because this picture gonna be here. I'm gonna need you to just deal. So I just wonder if that could create other, because I just know me, you know what I'm saying, and so I just wonder if that can create some kind of drama. Because I know I have I have a preference for my future son and what he dates, and I just know that if he dates somebody that I like, and I like that girl, and she over there, i am going just, and I'm, I'm I'm probably gonna be that sabotage, like, oh, how she she over for dinner again? I don't know, she just. <laughs> She was in the neighborhood, I called her ahead and told her you was on your way. So I just, <laughs> I just wonder, you know what I'm saying, if that can create extra drama, even raising it versus choosing your battle and just kind of swallowing it.
1: Oh yeah, it's gonna calm some. I mean, look how we're laughing right now. That's exactly what's gonna happen. It's yes. gonna be that
3: constant back
1: and forth and that constant attitude. The four oh. are going
3: through it. We're sitting here laughing
1: right now, going, mm mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. That's gonna be the way it is. Right? <laughs> you know, thank God you ain't my mother in law. Thank you know, God. Praise him. <laughs> yes, I mean exactly. So yeah, it's going to and it really then gets back to and it's just like anything else in life. You have to choose how you're gonna feel about it and how you're gonna deal with it. You really do. Now, here's the battle, right? The husband has to respect that because you're his wife. So he may not like it or agree with it, but he's going to have to do. But, yeah, it's going to depend on how everybody handles it. So it it can cause some more drama and it may go on forever. It may be like one of them things that the choice you have to make, though, as a woman is where do you really want to spend your time and energy? Is that so important that you really want to spend time and energy in your marriage and time and energy in your life? over a photo. And now it'd be different if old chick was sitting up in there like Kendra. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! You know, (laughs) know because now you're looking at her all the time and she somehow knows that like she's supposed to be there. You know, yeah, that could cause some problems. But I think at the end of the day, in the grand scheme of your life, the kids lives, the marriage and stuff, stuff like that's really just not that important. If you measure the things that are the priority in your marriage.
0: Yeah. Well, we are getting close to the end of our time. Uh Number, did you have anything, last statements you wanted to give?
3: No. um Kimberly has given us, like, some germs and just wonderful advice and, you know, being a blended family. And people that will be listening would love to know where they can reach you and where they can get in touch with you. And some of the services that you provide, can you... Talk a little bit about that and also give us some contact information on how our viewers can get through
1: to you. Absolutely. So, obviously, this is one of my favorite conversations because I deal with a lot of couples and I deal with their money. And the interesting thing that comes up is always something to do with the kids or the ex. It's part of, like, every conversation. So, our company is called Purpose Consulting, and it's literally named for what I was purposed to do, not what I chose to do. And I say this all the time because I was supposed to be arguing drug legislation and constitutional law in D.C., I live in Texas. I'm geographically challenged here. Um, but it's literally what I was purposed to do because I can take very complicated conversations and just put them in English and talk to people about the things that are important in their lives. In the financial services industry, there's two sides. There's the risk and the safe side. I'm only on the safe side, the money you absolutely, absolutely positively have to have that you need to protect in your family, what should be part of your financial portfolio and how to protect all of that. So that is where I specialize. And that is my favorite thing to do, because I spend all of my time either with families or individuals planning to become families and making sure they're set up for all the things that are going to come unexpectedly. Um, And they can reach me pretty simply. If you type in purpose consulting with a D on it, P-U-R-P-O-S-E-D. Purpose Consulting. You will find us on every social media platform. But I'm even going to give the viewers for Three Dope Wives my personal cell phone number so they can call me or text me at 214-938-6350. And they can even call me if they want to continue this conversation because this is a fun conversation and you can actually laugh a lot. That's kind of how I get through a lot of things. Sometimes I'm just like, this is not even really happening this right
2: wait weird a whole <laughs> other planet right now let me go back to earth yeah. you know,
1: so yeah. it, it, it helps a little bit or i'm convinced they're all aliens and i laugh that off that way cuz i'm like yeah they're tripping they mm. Maybe they have amnesia; they forgot which woman I am. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I would love to talk to any of them. This has been fun. I really have a good time and laughing. I'm not coming to Kendra's house, however. I'm just. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, thought, I had an attitude. Like,
0: as long as you're not dating my son, we ain't got no problem. <laughs> that, that would be good. I'm like good. I thought I had an
1: attitude. Me and Kendra are both like. No, right. let me tell you how we gonna work up in here.
0: Right <laughs> here, right now. <laughs> Listen, all of my friends are something like me a little bit. So well, I, I appreciate yeah. you, Kimberly, just for joining us today. Um, listeners, if you want to reach out to Kimberly, we'll make sure to have her information, uh, in the link for this episode. Also, um, want to encourage you, if you want to get in on this dynamic conversation, you are welcome to holler at us at Three Dope Wives on Instagram and on Facebook. You can also send us an email at 3dopewives at gmail.com. want to thank you for hanging out with us again today, Kimberly and everybody. We hope y'all do your part to get till death do you part. Y'all have a great one. This has been another episode of Three Dope Wives. Sis, we are so glad you took a minute to get real with us. Yep. Listen, I want you to know something. Every day a woman is married and a wife is made, vows are exchanged and hopes arise. Mm -hmm. And
4: every day
0: a woman's dreams are crushed. Uh, Let me tell you, crushed, crushed
4: (laughs) by the reality of what marriage really is. True